How's it going, Longhorn Nation? Welcome to Texas Talk, your one-stop shop for everything involving Texas Longhorns football. I'm your host, Ryan McLoon, and I am going to be solo tonight. I am recording on Tuesday, November 29th, and today we are going to be talking about the Longhorns' win um, over Baylor in Week 13. Before we get into it, though, be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating wherever you're listening. Also, tell your friends and family about us. After that, make sure to check out our website, texas-talk.com. On the website, you'll be able to find the Longhorns' updated roster, depth chart, 2023 recruits and targets, any trending news, plus our analysis on the team. So be sure to check that out. With all that said, um, since I'm solo, I say it every week I'm solo, but we're going to keep it tight here. we're gonna. We have something special planned for next Monday, so we're gonna keep this one tight. So let's get right into it. Um, week thirteen notes against Baylor here. Let's start on the offensive side of the ball. Um, it was Bijan Robinson's uh, show this week. Um, he absolutely dominated Baylor. Um, this offensive line, their run blocking was definitely uh the weak point of this offense and i've said it every week and it still holds true but every single week they've been getting better and better um and this week was no different they were just um completely dominating baylor at the line of scrimmage um and you know it allowed for Bijan and roshan and it really allowed for steve sarkeesian to just let them loose and let them keep running the ball. I know Texas fans have been pretty frustrated with Bijan not getting the ball, especially in the TCU in Oklahoma state games. But the reason for that is really comes down to the offensive line, not being able to consistently um, get those guys um, two to three yards by themselves um, before letting those guys be special and get over those two to three yards. Um, so with the offensive line playing as well as they did last week, Steve Sarkeesian felt pretty good about just handing the ball off and getting first downs, just running the ball. Um, Texas ran the ball 24 out of 25 times in their last two touchdown drives in the fourth quarter. Um, I'm sure you all remember it. It felt like forever ago. Uh, it was last Friday, but um, Bijan and Roshan just completely dominated. Um those last two possessions. So it was awesome to see. Um, Also something to clean up here. Cole Hudson uh, suffered an ankle sprain apparently in the game. We all saw him getting carted off. Um, It looked really bad. So it's, it's actually great news to hear that it's just an ankle sprain. Um, Obviously those can be a little finicky. Um, Sark said that he should be back for the bowl game, but even if he's not, it's awesome to know that he won't need any off-season surgery or anything, it sounds like, um, and he'll kind of be able to recover at his own pace and be good to go at least by spring and obviously definitely by the 2023 season as long as there's no unforeseen hiccups. But awesome to know for Cole Hudson because as a true freshman, he played incredibly well, um, and he was missed. Um, when DJ Campbell, the five-star came in, um, he, he got picked on a little bit in, uh, in, as a pass blocker. So 
Cole Hudson, it, it looks like he's going to be the guard of the future. Um, I'm not sure um, how that's going to work with DJ Campbell. Obviously, being a five-star and incredibly talented, but Cole Hudson has outplayed him so far, so those stars don't really matter right now um, anymore while you're kind of on the team already. So I think Cole Hudson's kind of locked into a starter spot. Um, and honestly, he's got really good feet. Uh, I talk about it every week, how he's such a good puller. Um, so I wouldn't be incredibly surprised if he kind of made that transition to the right tackle spot with Christian Jones moving on, um, in that spot being kind of vacant. Um, we'll see how it goes. We have the whole off season to kind of talk about that, but just wanted to bring that up for a little bit. Let's get back into it though. This Texas defense absolutely dominated Baylor today. Um, now the scoreboard probably doesn't show it because Baylor scored 27, but the offense spotted Baylor 10 points. Um, obviously Ewers got that safety to begin the game. And then um, he had that fumble six, which Baylor took a two point conversion and successfully converted it. So that's 10 points that they spotted Baylor. Um, the defense only really gave up 17 points all game long. Um, and they dominate Baylor on both uh, aspects of the game here. Holding shape into 18 for 36 passing and also getting an interception. They let up a long touchdown of 47 yards, yes, um, and then another touchdown as well uh, of 14 yards. But overall, I mean, Chapin throwing 50% of your uh, passes complete is not good. So this defense did their job in the passing game. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, and also forcing a turnover there, um, also huge. Um, but running the ball as well, Baylor had absolutely um, no success. They ran the ball 32 times for 101 yards. That's an average of 3.15 yards per carry. Um, if you're doing that while also holding their quarterback to 50% passing, um, you better win all of your games because um, – that's just absolutely incredible and dominant. This Texas defense, super impressive this year. Um, I think people were kind of, you know, weary on PK. And to begin the season, they actually were talking about Gary Patterson kind of maybe stealing this DC job from him. But I just don't see it right now. This defense has been absolutely dominant. And Jalen Ford is almost locked up to be uh, – Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year. So overall, awesome, awesome day for this defense. Um, those are kind of all of my game notes. Um, now, let's talk a little bit about the transfer portal. Um, Sunday, Michael and I are going to record at night, and we're going to just kind of deep dive into this transfer portal a lot, lot more together. But um, right now, there are some names floating around, so I do want to talk about them a little bit. So in the transfer portal for Texas right now is quarterback Hudson Card. Not very surprising there. Um, with Arch Manning coming in, Malik Murphy also on the roster, and obviously QB1 Quinn Ewers still on the team. So not surprising at all. Hudson Card is going to have a lot of suitors. Um, whether you like him or not as a Texas fan, he is going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the transfer portal, if not the best, depending on who else 
um, kind of enters their name in there. Um, some fits I see at, at the top of my head here is Notre Dame, I think is number one. Um, NC State is another one. Um, but Michael and I will talk a little bit more about that. Um, another name here, Andre Carrick. Um, we saw him a lot as a jumbo tight end. Um, offensive lineman, offensive tackle. Um, I honestly think his best position is at guard. I think he has really slow feet. Um, I don't think he moves all that well. Um, maybe it's just because he was at that jumbo tight end spot that it just kind of exacerbated how his feet, how slow his feet were. Um, and maybe he finds a situation where he's kind of the full-time left or right tackle and he can kind of, um, you know, kind of work on that footwork a little bit more, but I still think he's a pretty good player. Um, I think he was going to be a bench player for Texas next year as well. Kind of like how he was this year. I don't think he was going to really be the answer at that right tackle spot that Christian Jones is leaving. Um, so kind of another depth player with Hudson card there entering the portal. Um, another name here, Jameer Johnson. Uh, he would, he played outside cornerback a lot for Texas um, for most of the season, actually. Um, until the last few weeks, Terrence Brooks has kind of taken over and took over that spot from Jameer Johnson. Um, Jameer Johnson, he struggled uh, this year. So it wasn't all that surprising either with the emergence of Terrence Brooks. I think Terrence Brooks is going to be a really, really good player next year. Uh, I I don't see how he's not going to be a starter. So he kind of took over that spot from Jameer Johnson. So Jameer Johnson wasn't going to get a lot of snaps. Um, he got burned a couple times when uh, Deshaun Jameson was out in the middle of the year. So again, not all that surprising. Um, he's going to find a home again too. Um, it might be a step down in competition. We will see. Um, some other names here that are more um, names that we didn't really see this year at all. Prince Dorba is kind of on that cusp. We saw him a little bit, but his snaps kind of disappeared by the end of the year. Um, beginning of the year, we saw him a few times. He's an edge slash linebacker guy. Um, but like I said, towards the end of the year, he kind of vanished. Um, so the writing was on the wall there for him. Um, and then guys, we, we really didn't see at all is DJ Harris, another edge rusher. Um, JD Coffey at safety, um, super talented coming out of high school and he just could never find a spot on the field either, which is, um, surprising because Michael Taffy got a lot of playing time. Um, so the fact that JD Coffey couldn't beat him out is, uh, very telling and kind of interesting. So, um, we'll kind of see where he ends up and another guy who super talented, but injuries just absolutely killed him. Um, hopefully it doesn't kill his career though. And hopefully he finds a spot is Troy O'Meary, the wide receiver. Um, again, really talented every spring. Um, I feel like the past few years now they were talking up Troy O'Meary and how he's making incredible catches. Um, you know, blanketed coverage, still making great catches. Um, we'll see where he ends up. Obviously injuries don't help. Um, they're, they're going to stall your development and Texas's wide receiver room was 
not too shabby this year. Obviously, we wanted a little bit more from guys like Casey Kane. Isaiah Nair got injured. Um, and Trey O'Meary, just, we never really saw him on the field. We saw Savion Red um, a decent amount at the end of the year as well. So that's another one where the writing was kind of on the wall here. And I'm sure there's going to be some more additions um, by Sunday where Michael and I aren't going to be all that surprised. Um, I haven't gotten a chance to kind of put a list together on who I think might enter. And at this point, talking to you, um, all those names will probably be entered by Sunday night. So there's not really any uh, reason to speculate. So those are the concrete names that are in the portal right now. That's seven players. Um, Three of them had some significant playing time this year, while the other four were kind of um, depth pieces. But I think all seven of them right now um, aren't projected to be starters or even um, maybe second string guys in Carrick's case and um, Hudson Card's case perhaps as well. But overall, for the 2023 season, um, I don't think any of those seven guys really um, would have been huge difference makers. So, And I do think Texas is going to be a little aggressive in the transfer portal this year as well. I think it's going to be a lot like last year where they're very um, picky. Um, I think last year they, they picked up seven guys from the transfer portal. I think it might even be less this year, um, but they're going to be very picky about it. And they're going to take guys that are going to be immediate uh, contributors. Um, I'm looking at that right tackle spot. I mentioned Cole Hudson being a name who could go up there. Um, maybe another one of the freshmen um, could be a right tackle replacement for Christian Jones, but maybe the portal is an answer there as well. Um, it sounds like they want to add another wide receiver um, in the mix. So maybe a portal addition there as well. Um, again, we'll talk about that more Sunday with Michael. Um, and then, there might also be some more news that comes along with that. So um, also Sunday, we'll probably get a bowl game um, announced. So we'll see um, where Texas lands and who they're going to play probably. Um, so that'll be exciting as well. So that's why we're going to kind of make um, today a little short Sunday for Monday morning. We're, we'll have the pod drop for you guys. Um, Remains to be seen if we'll be back on Wednesday or not. We'll kind of play that by year. Um, but I think that'll do it. Uh, I will be back on Friday to give you my best bets for the Big 12 Conference Championship game, uh, TCU versus Kansas State. Um, obviously, if the Jayhawks won, Texas would have been in the Big 12 Championship game. Um, can't be too mad about that. Texas had their opportunity. They should not have lost that Oklahoma State game. Um, and they had their opportunity against TCU as well. So um, can't be too mad about it. Um, Texas still had a really, really good season. Um, eight and four on the year. Um, I think the defense looked pretty elite all season long. The offensive line was the weakest spot on the entire roster, I'd say. And every single week you saw them get better, which isn't very surprising. Uh, yeah, isn't very surprising because two true freshmen starting on that offensive line. Um, and then also Hayden Connor, 
who only had a hundred or so snaps under his belt before this season as well. So really young unit um, that got better throughout the season. That's a testament to Kyle Flood and his development um, as well. So overall, I think this was a pretty successful season for Texas. Obviously, um, now it's all about the offseason. Um, they got to win their bowl game first and foremost, but after that, they got to win in recruiting. They need a top five class. Um, they need to retain everybody that is currently committed. Um, can't have any big time flips at this moment. Um, and, you know, end the season strong. Maybe pick up Anthony Hill or something. Um, five star top. 150 player or so as well so we will see um but like i said that'll do it for this week um thank you all for listening and as always hook them <laughs>